Welcome to I Might Believe in Fairies. I am your host, Aaron Herber. This is a podcast about stories, myths, and the Catholic faith. believe in fairies. Uh, this is episode two, and today I'm going to have a, a friendly conversation with Katerinia Maria. Uh, we met on Twitter, and she is an expert on fairies. So we're going to talk about <laughs> fairies today, <laughs> and we're just going to keep it nice and loose and uh, just have a, a friendly conversation. So Katerinia, why don't you tell us how you got interested in fairies and what fairies are? Well, in order to be a completely, I mean, if we're going back to how I initially encountered fairies, I mean, I did the same way that all children do in fairy stories. All right, that's the end. Thank you for coming. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Great. No, that's, that's, that's hardly the end. So... (laughs) So, uh, what do I think fairies are? Yeah, um, and why? So, why is it like? Why are they? Why should we care about them? You know, I mean, um, because they're real. Because they're real. Because See, they're real. Yes. This podcast, though, is I might believe in fairies. So. Well, you might believe in fairies, <laughs> but I definitely do believe in fairies. So do numberless people. Yeah, that's particularly okay, in yeah. um, Go with Britain, that. Scotland, Wales. Yeah. So. That's that's really interesting um, because in I think it, is it in um, Iceland where they have yes. um, like the, the like these rocks like these piles of rocks that they yes. wouldn't they wouldn't pave or develop yeah. because they were that's where the good folk live right um, and this is like exactly. atheist Iceland <laughs> yeah weird so yeah that's that's I remember I remember um, like reading about that a few years ago and I just thought that was the weirdest. The weirdest thing, and I was Catholic at that point. I had no right to call other people weird, but because um, of you know, we believe some pretty in, not insane, but pretty crazy, strange, strange yeah, strange <laughs> things. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, this this whole, I thought this would be a good second episode because the podcast you is titled "I Might yeah. Believe in Fairies," um, and I should probably talk about fairies <laughs> yeah you know and yeah. you um we kind of met on twitter and we hit it off and um i can't even remember how we started talking i think we just started dming each other and probably yeah I, w- I was like hey i'm gonna i'm starting this podcast and i'm gonna call it i might believe in fairies and then i think we're like oh well we should definitely talk <laughs> because that's yes. one of your big things is fairies and we're both catholic um yes and we're both practicing the faith. We're both reverts, which is yes. Which you you mentioned that, which is really interesting. Um, and it, my background is in the hard sciences, if you can believe that. Um, so, and I this in no way makes like Tolkien says in um, in his on fairy stories. It uh, it doesn't. What did he say? Something about it doesn't make. It doesn't mean like the sciences are not important or something. I can't remember what it was, but um, it's in there. He talks about 
it doesn't mean like you're escaping reality. Um, Oh, the escapism and on fairy stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one, uh, basically it's one thing for, uh, you'd be trying to escape reality, but what he was talking about was if you're in prison, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with trying to, trying escape. to escape the prison. Yeah, and like if you're line. stuck there to not be interested that much in talking about guards and bars and, you know, right. Everything that is the prison. It's the, the, uh, uh escape of the prisoner and not the flight of the deserter. That's, that's what hey, it is. There it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I thought it'd be good for episode two to be about fairies. Um, and we're going to talk about what they are. and If we can. If we can, if we ever get there. <laughs> um, and I think it would be interesting to talk about the different theories. And then, like, if there's a, an official Catholic Church position on it. Um, and how to avoid superstition. I think that's important um, as well. All right. So let me, let me pause you right there if I could. Sure. Avoiding superstition. Okay, so we're talking about the good folk Mm -hmm. as they would say um how hard has it been for us to actually make things meet up to have this episode to talk (laughs) about fairies yeah i suppose um (laughs) we've had to reschedule a couple of times i mean several times yeah there was that thing that happened on friday which we won't talk about um no no politics yeah no thank you um and then, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it wasn't that bad. But, yeah, we had to reschedule a few times. Um, yep. We're finally doing it now, and things seem to be working. Um, hope, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Let's it's recording. I'm, be, I'm watching it record be, right now. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and knock wood. Yeah. I'll be the superstitious one. <laughs> <laughs> I blessed, I always bless my computer with holy water before I use it. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, I don't, I'm, yeah, that's, um, it's what I do That'll now. That'll keep you out of trouble. It keeps me out of trouble, and it's, it's actually been quite helpful. Um, so, yeah, we were talking about fairies and superstition. And what they might be. And what they might be. So, what are fairies? All right. Um, huge, huge speculations. Um. There are a number of ideas of what they might be. Mm-hmm. We can go from the secular to the spiritual, which I think is the best way to do it. Yeah, um, let's start with the secular. What are, what would these? Because like Iceland, very secular country. What what? Are, yeah. You know, what's the reasoning well, there? Okay, by by secular, I don't really mean um, that they still have um, they still have. Um, fairy traditions Mm -hmm. but are unbelieving in anything supernatural i don't mean that okay i mean um okay there is it it, okay the (laughs) the best example (laughs) to bring up would be bigfoot okay yeah okay and then there's also the uh uh the island of what is it flores where the Prehistoric hobbits. Oh, I've never heard of that. You've never heard of them? Oh my goodness. Yeah, so there's like, um, there was a three foot tall um, hominid subspecies 
that have been called hobbits. Huh. You know, so <laughs> where is it? Where is this? You say? Uh, I think um, it's an island in the. Um, oh goodness, it's not coming to mind. Around there with uh, Indonesia, places that that okay. general location, yeah. Oh, Flores yeah. Man, is that what it is? Huh? Uh, Flo- Flores Man? Yes, that definitely not did... Florida Man, which Florida, is yeah, what right. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's in, yeah, uh, Indonesia. I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. it up now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, we have these stories, and sometimes, in the case of the Hobbits, we actually find um, remnants not i'm not i'm not trying to say an archaeological proof but um we find a basis for the legend in reality so we actually don't know if modern humans interacted with these creatures you know these uh these hobbit creatures but they do have stories about them and the same could be, I'm not saying is, could be the case all across Europe, which is pretty much where we're going to be focusing, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I guess part of the reason we wanted to talk about this at all, um, and you mentioned this, we, we had a, a conversation a couple of days ago, um, which I thought went really well. <laughs> and you mentioned that in, in the Western world, um, we're a little too rationalistic where we kind of exactly, put yes, reason yes. on a pedestal above everything else. Where, whereas it, tr- traditionally reason was a handmaid of theology, right? That's kind of how it's there you go, yeah. supposed to work. And so we take everything, we, everything is so rational, rationalistic. Everything has to have a little category and yeah. we can put any little fact into it and everything fits right. and makes a perfect little puzzle of reality. And fairies would be and things like Bigfoot and like maybe even UFO encounters. Um, these, th- those would all fit in the category of, or they wouldn't fit in the category. They, they don't fit. No, they don't. They don't fit. They don't. they don't fit. And then the medievals, when they were dealing with, you know, trying to figure out what fairies might be um, mm-hmm. and C.S. Lewis, I'm reading the discarded image right now. He kind of goes over this. They're, these like liminal creatures that don't they're like yeah. these vague they don't fit into categories and so and there are all these legends and stories like in the Grimm's, Grimm's fairy tales and you know in Iceland still in modern day Iceland um and other places I'm sure where they still have like my grandfather um told me stories when I was a child about trolls and uh-huh. he would try to convince me and I don't know if he actually believes that they're real or not um, but he would convince me that they're real you know, um, they are, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so he's Norwegian. And so he'd tell me all these stories about trolls and how they don't like the sun, you know, and, um, uh-huh. and it, <laughs> a little off topic, but kind of similar. So I'd go, I'd stay at his house, my grandparents' house um, during the summer for weeks at a time. And he'd tell us, my brother and I, these uh, stories about the I don't have, I don't know if you've ever heard of this creature called the Bussy Mine. Um, no, I haven't heard of that one. Okay, I don't know if he made it up or not. Um, he he's still alive, so maybe I'll ask Probably him. Probably not, because 
it sort of sounds like man is in there. So yeah, we might so, need to look at the philology. I don't. I'd have to ask him how to spell it. <laughs> I've yeah. never even seen it written down. But he would tell us we'd go into his basement, and he'd say, "Oh yeah, the bussy mine's down there, and if you see it, it's too late." And so. I'm like 10 years old, you know, my brother is like four. Yeah. And so we're just terrified, absolutely terrified of going to the basement <laughs> in his house because we're going to get eaten or killed or something by this creature. <laughs> and well, he tell us, he tell us these stories all the time and he'd talk about trolls and gnomes and he can't like, he, he'd always blame the gremlins for stealing his, um, stealing his tools and yes, very, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that now. I'm like, dad, what a weird but very no. entertaining. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but seems for... Seems normal to me. I mean, seems normal, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I go to Norway, maybe it's extremely normal, too. Um, but in this... I, I, but I'm an American, right? So we don't... You know, we're not supposed to believe in weird things. Um, okay, okay. But hold. Hold right there. <laughs> okay, something goes missing in your house. Mm -hmm. And do you guys say, okay, there must be ghosts? There must be ghosts. That's why the keys. We can't find the keys because there must be ghosts. No, we just say we misplaced the keys. Really? Yeah. I mean, I. You know. You know what I do think though. Sometimes we pray to Saint Anthony is a um, a big help to us for finding things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think he moves stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes well, then I you think got the same principle there. You got the same principle. Yeah. There. So uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, but sometimes I think when we. Like, I think, I think sometimes the item is gone, right? Like, just gone. It's just off the face of the earth, it's gone. And he, St. Anthony, is just, like, is almost like having a divine joke at our expense, you know? <laughs> you know? Um, it's the same principle, yes. That's not impious, it's the same as but. me blaming the fairies for something going missing. Yeah, my grandpa would blame gremlins for stuff going yes. missing. and I always thought that was pretty. I, I didn't. I didn't. I never thought it was that weird, honestly, when I was a kid, because it was just my grandpa, not, you know. I mean, yeah. So yeah, so these these creatures, they don't fit into categories, and there's all these stories um, going back to the to the ancients, you know, the ancient pagans about these creatures, and then the, when Christianity comes, they try to like the medievals try to categorize everything and they try to fit mm -hmm. these things into categories so they didn't stop believing in these creatures right simply because they were christians uh but they did struggle to fit them into categories well one of the stories was that um uh fairies were angels mm -hmm. that didn't take a side yep in the war between god and satan i mean clearly it's not theologically sound. Right. We know that. Makes an interesting story, but it's... it's Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how that could be reconciled. Um, but yeah, that, that, is one, that was one of the theories, that they were mm -hmm. like neutral angels, and they were um, you know, cast down to earth, but not to hell, right? So they are right. here, and then at the end of time, they'll either be reconciled, or they'll you know, just go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> or be destroyed, or be annihilated. I don't know. But it, again, those things aren't really. Wait, um, if we actually look at Tolkien, mm -hmm. and you notice the sadness of the elves, yeah, because their fate is intertwined with Arda, then you have a taste of the medieval idea of fairy, these beings that were cast down but could not die. There, there would be no um, 
true joy for them that they previously experienced until the culmination of time. So with that theory in Tolkien, I, I don't remember when it, when they have their end times, would the elves be, they wouldn't be annihilated, right? Would they go back to the Valar or would they, this is, this isn't a Tolkien podcast, but we're probably no, going to be talking no, no. a lot about Tolkien. I'm not and, a Tolkien expert. Okay. Uh, I, I don't remember, but I, I guess it's not that important, but it, yeah, it, it does kind of illustrate um, that they, idea. They all ended up going to the West. Yeah. Oh, except, yeah, for the that's ones, true. except for the ones that like, uh, stayed here. Yeah, they chose to give up that life. So they all went to the West, and that was pretty much wrapped up. And uh, there are some Tolkien writings that are really fascinating, but this isn't the episode for that, where um, the fate of men is discussed. Yeah. Man, yeah, Tolkien's great. <laughs> yeah. um, so they, that's, that's one theory, is that we you know think it's not quite tenable theologically. The other one, there's a, there's a bunch, but there's a, another one is that they're a different, they're a distinct race. Like, um, yes. they're not human, they're not angels, but they're something else. They're like some third yes. thing. Um, that might work. I don't know. Um, and then, I don't know if you, if you want to talk about that at all, or should we move on to the one where they're all demons? <laughs> um, there's a little in-between spot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, um, previous to our conversation, I had a conversation with, um, one of my coworkers who's a very quiet and thoughtful man. And, uh, I was like, yeah, so I'm going to be doing this thing on fairies. What do you think fairies are? And immediately he said, I think they're the angels of the forest Hmm. and that they don't really have anything to do with humanity Yeah. in the way, you know, angels and demons do they have their own thing yeah they're they're like in charge of you know managing the forest so to speak yeah or, you know yeah uh that yeah that's it is interesting I, I had never heard of that sense. before you told me that um yeah yeah i never heard of that theory before that they're they just don't have anything to do with us <laughs> yeah and these stories of, of like like these encounters you know they're they're dangerous because i mean they're even if they're good, right? They're still dangerous because they're these, gig- you know, they're all super powerful entities that if you yes. stumble upon them when you're not ready to see something like that, it could be very bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they could, you know, they're different stories. Like they'll whisk you off to, um, you know, feast with them, and you think you're gone for two hours, but you're gone for like 200 years or something like that. You know, and everybody. Yeah, they mess with time. Yeah, yep. that's that's crazy. Um, or, or because of their presence, time gets messed with. It's yeah. it's not really clear because these are primitive stories, right? And we can't make the mistake of taking our modern sensibilities and overlaying them on our ancestors. Like, obviously, a peasant in the 1300s isn't going to think, oh, well, obviously, Johan was um, lost in the woods for 100 years and came back because of time dilation. No, (laughs) there's no such thing as physics back then, really. Right. They wouldn't think in the... Yeah. That's the biggest mistake I think we make um, in, in modern Western cultures that we tend to project our 
because we have a completely different view of a worldview. Even even Christians, you know, even even Christians have a. I don't I don't want to say it's materialistic, but it's definitely scientific, which isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. But it's, and I, I mean, I'm a scientist, so I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily. But it's it's it's, it's, it's a completely different worldview. It's 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 completely alien to what um, a medieval peasant or or an ancient Greek, you know, would think. Right. So it's it's important to kind of keep that in mind. Um, and I think that's a huge problem, like, now in general. Like, just not being able to get out of your own head and think, and think like, try to, and try to get in the head of someone different than you. Um, yeah. So, are they demons, though? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. So, that's, this is, whenever I come across stuff on online you know in the catholic world about fairies there is a large number of people who just say they're demons you know and i think that's a, probably a safe assumption just so you stay away from yeah, it yeah it would be you know? yeah it would be it would be the safest assumption because i'm not going to go out in the like, woods and look away. for fairies you know even if they're angels like even if they're good i'm not going to go look for them and nobody should do that no <laughs> no 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 it's like testing god right it's like you know um uh-huh. tempting god Kind of, in a way. There you are don't, actually you kind of... books on how to find fairies and how to commune with fairies. And that, okay. So I grew up with a more enchanted mm-hmm. worldview than many people do. Simply because of my background and my ancestry and all of that. You're Eastern European? Yes. Okay. So things are a lot more hazy. As far as uh, fairies and things like that go. But um, it would be wise to avoid them. Yeah, I, I, like I like said. Like these I'd books, never... these books, I see them. I mean, obviously, I, I, I do research on the topic. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the topic. But books like How to Find Fairies, How to Commune with Fairies, I'm like, no, no, this is a very bad idea. Yeah. Like... <laughs> All of our folklore is how to keep them away or appease. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How to not avoid to them. Out. No. And whenever they show up in stories, it's you know the peasants going like, "Holy crap, what is that?" You know, <laughs> like, yeah. don't oh, stay hide. You know, don't go near them. <laughs> that even happens today. That really, still happens today. There are still sightings. Um, they're not as frequently reported as UFO sightings because who's going to listen to fairy when there are aliens? So there's yeah. a little bit of replacement happening there. Okay, the whole aliens, fairies thing. And is there a that, um, Sorry. So there is this replacement that goes on mm-hmm. <laughs> where what would be a fairy, count, fairy encounter in Europe in the United States, is described as an alien encounter. Okay. Aliens might be fairies. That's... Well. We don't want to go there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, aliens could be a lot of things, but I tend toward them being demons. Ah, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I like I like, you know, the title of the show. Is, then, I'm agnostic about these things. <laughs> yeah, even then, it's... Just to be on the safe side, uh, yeah, they're probably demons. Yeah. I definitely don't think that there's anyone coming here from out there. From outer space or something, like another... Right. Yeah. Right. Probably I do not. not believe in that. I 
yeah, I'd be really, I'd be really shocked if aliens actually existed, um, and they weren't just some other paranormal phenomenon or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's, I guess that's a good warning. You know, we're not telling anyone. In fact, we're discouraging people from trying to encounter anything supernatural outside of God's providence. You know, um, exactly. <laughs> he'll let you. He'll let you experience something. God will choose you to experience something if that's what He wants to do. Don't try to, you know, contact creatures that, you know, will melt your brain and eat you, you know. (laughs) That's my advice to anybody. If you want to encounter fairies, read them in fairy tales. (laughs) That would be the best place. That's the best way to do it. Safe. Yes. (laughs) Not entirely safe, but at least you're getting, you're getting tools to deal with, uh, these liminal these liminal places okay so you just said liminal liminal places i had that on our list of things to talk about so why don't we that's a good segue <laughs> that's a good segue the, so big list, the big list that i have to um apologize to your listeners to that i didn't read all the way through <laughs> we were supposed to do it we we're supposed to do all of them no i <laughs> i did not expect us to get through all of them uh, but liminal spaces is interesting. Um, so, so fairies—they're these liminal creatures. We don't—they don't fit into categories. You know, even C.S. Lewis, when he's describing them, has a bunch of different theories as to what they could be, and nobody really knows for sure. And um, and can we let's let's stop right there for a moment? Sure. When we look at Tolkien and Lewis, these men were not fools. These were highly educated scholars. Yeah, they weren't so, country peasants yeah, or something. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to so to um, use their term, terminology to relegate fairy stories to the children's nursery is foolishness because they weren't stories written specifically to children. They were simply stories, the folk stories, the stories that the people told around their their hearth usually adults yes yeah and then tolkien it's so we're not like we're not a couple we're not a couple of crazy people talking about this because this is in c.s lewis you know this is oh, in, i don't know about me but okay <laughs> <laughs> no i'm saying yeah well okay i i'm frequently telling people that I'm, i think i'm going crazy not because of this podcast but just because maybe having children um yeah so this isn't like so out there, you know, this is in, you know, an accessible book by C.S. Lewis called the discarded image where he's talking about these things and he's, um, he takes it seriously and he's trying to address what these creatures are, you know, and it's a yeah. whole book on describing the medieval model, you know, like the medieval worldview or the cosmology, which is really interesting. I'm reading that. I'm reading that, but I'm stuck in the cosmology thing. And it is fascinating, fascinating because it um, connects with his cosmic trilogy, which are some yeah. of my favorite books. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, yeah, the space trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So we're not a couple of <laughs> maybe we're all a, maybe we are a couple of cranks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe, but this is something that C.S. Lewis thought was serious enough to include it in his book, and it's not. It wasn't crazy and to he him. he's not a frivolous man. No, he he's not a frivolous a man. man. And neither was Tolkien. Tolkien was very, right. a very serious scholar um, who, 
it was a you know world-renowned philologist and and um old english expert. yeah medievalist yeah yes. medievalist and so these things are not i'm just trying to make a disclaimer you know these things are not like we're not just kooks, you know. This is look, something look. that people in Iceland still believe, and across, <laughs> you know, not that Iceland let, should be our model for how we, you know, what we should believe. But um, let me pause you there. Let mm-hmm. me pause you there. I don't think that I have anything to prove to anyone. No, no, but I, <laughs> you I mean, don't. But if I do. They think I'm crazy. I'm okay with that. If they want to listen, I'm I have okay a family. With that too. <laughs> Lose my job? No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, so, But the fact of the matter is the cranks are being proved right again and again and again. Yeah, that's <laughs> – I wish it weren't so, but it is. No. <laughs> so, okay, that, that, that going forward, so liminal, liminal spaces. So you have things like, you know, in C.S. Lewis you have like the wardrobe, you know, where it has, it's like this boundary between our world and, and Narnia. And yes. in other fairy tales you have, you know – People kind of stumbling ring. into fairy. You have this... the fairy fort, which, okay, the fairy fort was um, usually um, burial mounds. So mm-hmm. when you're reading The Lord of the Rings and they go to the barrows and there's these spirits, the whites, those were the inhabitants of the barrows. So these ancient kings, these spirits of kings. And in some sense, if we look at Irish fairy tales, a lot of the fairies were ancient kings. Okay. Not all of them, but uh, there were waves of invasions. And as you push back, you get in, in time. As you push back in time, things are closer and closer to fairy than they are to, okay, these were an actual tribe of people that came, but now they're supernatural people. So, yeah, you have these, these, play, these spaces where you can encounter these creatures, not that you, you're trying to, but you will fall into the into fairy, into the realm of fairy. And yes, and so things like when I was a kid, um, like fairy rings, right? Uh, like the, like yeah. the toadstools in a circle. What other sort of like? Not, again, we're not encouraging anybody to go try any of this stuff, but and it won't necessarily happen if you try. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even okay. if you try, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> you, nothing will probably happen, honestly. Um, Unless you okay, if you're a little caveat, if you're a superb musician, then definitely stay away from toadstool rings. <laughs> if you've got a particularly beautiful child, have that child stay away from toadstool rings. Um, if you're a regular Yahoo, one of us <laughs> yeah. dorks, <laughs> you know, just wandering around trying to find fairies. That's it's unlikely to happen because just like with dating, you're too needy. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, but that is yeah. Well, I'm safe. That's good. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so, okay, so you have these 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 told What other what other sort of liminal spaces? You mentioned the burial mounds. Um, yes, uh, the fairy forts, uh, fairy tracks. Which a fairy track is um, the secular way to explain it would be um, animal tracks, mm-hmm. like uh, tracks in the woods. Sure. Um, here we have deer tracks, so you can follow a deer track and uh, get yourself extremely lost mm-hmm. if you're not careful. I, I'm a huge hiker. I love hiking. 
and you have to be very careful yeah. because oh, yeah. some of these tracks can be can look exactly like a foot track but if you end up following an animal track then you could place yourself very much in danger sure. and we can say that yes these are these are animal tracks but what if they're not yeah. See, this is what the paranoia stuff. Always. This is what I wanted to talk about too. <laughs> it's like, how do you avoid just going crazy and and thinking everything is is a, is fairy? I guess maybe just carry your holy water with you or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't I don't recall having gone hiking uh, with my my holy water and blessed salt with me, but uh, I guess and. Would that even work? Would they be? Rep- I mean, I guess if they were demons, they would be repelled. So yeah. And if they're angels, if they're actually angels, then nothing would happen, because that's what some saints would tell you. You know, if you have this supernatural experience and something appears to you, throw holy water at it, and if it's a demon, it'll go away or get worse, and you'll know it's a demon, or you know, nothing will happen, and then um, you're on safer I ground. Can't, I can't remember. I can't remember which of the uh, the fathers it was, but just always assume it's a demon. Yeah, yeah. Always assume it's just a demon. Just always, always say go away. Right. <laughs> throw holy water at it and tell it to go away, and get get yourself a priest. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. And if you know, if it if it doesn't go away, and it also doesn't get worse, and it doesn't start doesn't start Still attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> then it might. It might be an angel, it might be Mary, I don't know, you know. Um, okay, so that's what fairy tracks are, going back to going back to those. I don't think we really explained them. Okay, yeah, um, go ahead. What they could be, what they couldn't be, but we don't mm-hmm. know what they are. Okay. So sometimes they could be animal tracks, sometimes they sh- could be something else. But we're still in the um, liminal spaces. Yeah. And... This is a place in the woods, within the woods. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like already the woods, the forest, mm-hmm. is a liminal space. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It's a space on the edge. Yes. And this is a trail in the middle place. You're not at your destination. You're okay. not at home. You're in the forest. Okay, yeah. Which is sort of chaos. And then here's a track. It could be a human foot track. Yeah. It could be an animal trail. And it could be something else. See, it's something else that just scares the crap out of me a little. <laughs> yeah. Because when, you know, whenever you go in the woods, at least in my experience, and you're by yourself, it's creepy, you know, even if it's in broad daylight, it's better if it's in broad daylight, but it's, you always just feel like something's out there, you know, and I never, well, something I, is out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would never There's feel like. There's a lot of something's out there. <laughs> I even if feel you're like just I was looking at danger, it from a materialist view, yeah. there is a lot watching you. Like mountain lions and bears and squirrels and all that stuff. Um, okay. Interesting. Any? Do you have anything else to add about the the fairy tracks? Not on that particular. No. Okay. So, is it kind of like with Narnia? You know, with. Oh, you, I love you, Narnia. Yeah, I know you do. You you can't <laughs> enter Narnia just whenever you want. You know, you can't. You you have to be called. Is that kind of how it works? Is it kind of the same with like these 
Like the fairies yeah, have to want you, is. you know, like you were saying about dating, you know, <laughs> if you're not yeah. data, dateable, <laughs> they, don't, they don't want anything to do with you. You can't force your way, yeah, you can't force your way into Narnia. Yeah. <coughs> like you, we couldn't invade you're fairy. You're invited. Well, I mean, within Narnia, there are uh, countries that have invaded Narnia, but. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But like from, but from the, from our world perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, there's a, um. Oh my goodness. I think it's called A Companion to Narnia. And you can put this in the notes to the episode. I'll give you the actual title. But there are actually a series of um, maps of the world. So in Narnia, the Narniad, Mm -hmm. you go from um, our world, Narnia, and Charn. That's where the White Witch came from, her planet. And they're all sort of, um, I'll actually send you a picture of the map. Um, They're all sort of centered like bubbles around Aslan's country that we run into. I think it's in Voyage of the Dawn Treader because Reapy Cheap goes there. He leaves the the crew and goes on. So there's this glimpse of Aslan's country, which we also get a glimpse of in the last battle. But... Our worlds are sort of bubbles around there, and there's certain meeting points, like the the wardrobe is made. We find out in Magician's Nephew from the tree that grew from the apple or the fruit. I'm not sure if it's an apple specifically that uh, Diggory brought back from Narnia as it was being sung into being by Aslan after mm-hmm. he passed the test of obedience. Have I gone too deep? <laughs> because I I love Narnia the way Tolkien scholars love Tolkien. No, that, that's fine. Um, I mean, I've got, uh, there's there's less material, but I know it, so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. And, and that's why I'm using child. Uh, yeah, the wardrobe as an example of kind of entering into this this other realm where it's not, you can't just go whenever you want. Um, right. You have to be called, or it has, yeah, it has to be Providence or whatever. And with these... Well, there's a connection. There's always connection. Yeah. Um, so even if we look at the um, the magician's nephew and the rings mm-hmm. that are used to trans- transport the children between the worlds, um, the dust came from Atlantis. Which in Tolkien would be Numenor. Yeah. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it is so wonderful that they were friends. So <laughs> lovely for us. Yeah, yeah. Because it's interwoven. So we have this in the case of the rings. There's a connection to an otherworldly place, our Atlantis, and that leads us to Charn. Which leads us eventually to Narnia being sung into being, which leads us to the tree. And Diggory was able to take the apple from the tree to give to his mother. And he planted the seeds, which became a tree, which he turned into a wardrobe, which the Pevensies, the children in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, were able to pass through back again into Narnia. So. Yes, I mean, these are um, 
liminal spaces, but they're connected spaces. Mm-hmm. Oh, I they see. all belong to the same uh, uh, the same continuity. Yeah, and it's it's good that we're kind of you know even though my first episode I talked about not not wanting to talk about I mean not not necessarily not wanting to talk. Oh, about we're going to end up there. C.S. We're Lewis always going to end up with Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, because I love them both, um, but <laughs> they get talked about a lot, and um, but they're so useful to like use as examples. Another so another couple of examples of like uh, these. If people have ever read uh, the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury, um, mm-hmm. the Martians I think function a yeah. lot like fairies. Um, yes, you know they're. Yes. I, I don't know if he, and Ray Bradbury always said um, he wasn't writing science fiction; he was writing myth. I think that's what he said. And so he, yep. he always kind of rejected the science fiction label and he wanted to, you know, he claimed he was writing myth, which I, you know, 100% agree with him. Um, yeah. And so like the Martians in, in the Martian Chronicles are, you know, very much function um, like fairies. Like, so in the beginning, you, you would, have you, you've read them, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, like yeah. since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So in the, the first, it's like a, it's like an interconnected, you know, if anybody who hasn't read it, it's a series of interconnected, uh, like short stories that kind of thematically all come together. Um, it's all about, um, earth basically colonizing Mars and, um, the Martians who live there, um, who are the, the original, um, people living there, uh, their experiences of the humans and then like trying to keep the humans out. And then eventually the humans come and kind of conquer the, conquer the land and stuff. And the fairy, the fairy sea, look, the Martians become, um, they become in like the, the hidden people, you know, you only encounter yes. them. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And, and, um, Oh, even the changeling figure shows up. Yeah. In the Martian, Martian Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the changeling shows up. Um, and then at the end, the, the, earthlings who live there they they are the martians now you know they they are the martians um that's kind of how it ends and so yeah when i read that i did not make that connection until i read um gene wolf's uh, fifth head of cerberus the three uh, novella uh-huh. collection and the third story um where it's like the expedition you know into the wilderness where they're trying to find evidence of the original wait hold on yeah you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna Explain. edit that because that's the second story. The third story is the trial of what's his face, isn't it? Um, it it's connected. So it, the third story is. Oh yeah, they're all interconnected. Well, the third story goes back and forth between um, the prison where uh, Marsh was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, placed, and his expedition. So the third novella is him going. It's going back and forth between the prison and and him. And so, um, fifth head of Cerberus for, again, I'm kind of going through this, uh, just using it as an example of, um, fairies yeah. in, um, in our Hold podcast Hold on one here. second again. Hmm? Okay. Edit out me being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. That, that's not a slight to you it's a slight to me not being able to fun- to work my editing software <laughs> so jokes on both of us so the fifth head of Cerberus is this uh these three short stories three novellas that are connected and the first one it's all that all takes place with these two sister planets that have been colonized by um by the french and 
in the third novella, it there one of the main one of the characters is um, searching for the original inhabitants of the planet, the Aborigines. Um, yeah, and they're we can't very call them the other word. Huh? We cannot call them the other word. Uh, what? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the word used in the book is actually a racial slur now. Yes, um, I've I have been to Australia. Um, mm-hmm. And they refer to the Aboriginals as the word used in the book. Um, and that yes, and that's not nice. It's not. Um, no. And I, I didn't, I don't really have an opinion on it. Uh, it's just the word they use in the book. So um, that's yes. kind of, you know, it's fine. Um, it, it's just what Gene Wolfe uses, and I, I can't change exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So they, um, he's looking for, he's, a, he's an anthropologist. He's, he's looking for it. And the, 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 Aborigine, uh, the Aborigines there are very fairy-like, you know, they're like the hidden people. Yeah, they are. They're, it's, it's, and it's, when I read that, I immediately thought Martian Chronicles, and then I immediately thought fairies. I'm like, okay, Ray Bradbury and Gene Wolfe are both using the Martians, equating the Martian, not Martians, uh, the alien creatures as fairies, fairy-like creatures. So that's my very long-winded. live in a liminal, in a liminal place where dreams their mm-hmm. dreams, the two brothers, Sandwalker and uh, Eastwind. Huh? Right? Eastwind and Sandwalker. Yeah, Eastwind and Sandwalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're connected through dreams, and you have um, the liminal figures of the Night Children, which you find out what they are. Yeah. <coughs> later and on, but the... uh, these are all fairy folk. Right, and Eastwind and Sandwalker—they're species. They're shapeshifters. And twins. Yeah. They're twins. Yeah, which is another That's fairy also, yeah. trope. Yeah, yeah. So that was my long-winded way of tying in more fiction into discussion this discussion, um, because that's kind of what this podcast is, too, is just, you know, talking about books, but also talking about, you know, the, the myths and, and things that kind of make these books. <laughs> yes. So... Yeah, if anybody wants to read Gene Wolfe's Fifth Head of Cerberus or The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury, please do so. They're fantastic. Fantastic books. Yeah. So that's, those you're are the liminal spaces. Ima- you're doing your imagination a service. Well, yes, exactly, yeah. So we talked about Tolkien um, and his elves. So are fairies and elves, are they the same? Are they are those words no. interchangeable? Okay. Um, no. No. It's not interchangeable. Okay, so fairy describes a place and a condition of being. So mm-hmm. there's a number of beings that are sort of held under the umbrella of fairies. So under fairies, you would have um, kobolds, you would have night uh, redcaps, you would have brownies, pixies, you would have uh, stuff like that. Yeah, piskies. Piskies. Pis- we piskies? we have it pixie, oh, but piskies, the puka, all sorts of beings yeah. from all across Europe. As far as the um, colonization of America, there are beings here that were encountered by uh, the Welsh and the Irish that have been described like as what? fairies, but they're probably their own beings. Okay. I mean, they are their own beings, obviously, but because we walk around with stories in our own heads, we place those stories onto what we see. We come with our own preconceived notions. Exactly. Yeah. So, if, let's say in my particular 
uh, case I encountered Bigfoot, I would probably see a giant because of my cultural lens and what I study. And that actually has happened, but that was an entirely different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Um, Yeah. So what are the different, what are elves then? Elves, before Tolkien, were a lot like dwarves in Tolkien. Okay. So they were clever. They were uh, tectons, like workers yeah. in metal and jewels and things like that. But they weren't uh, particularly beautiful the way they are. Uh, Tolkien actually did make elves beautiful. Yeah, he kind of, um, I don't want to say subverted, because he's not subverting anything, but he, he changed some of the lore, I guess. He kind of changed some of the tropes around. He did, yeah. Yeah. He kind of redeemed elves in a way. He kind of made them yes, better than they are. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> I, the first time I read Lord of the Rings, I didn't know that, so I thought that's how elves were always depicted, but they're not. <laughs> when you look at the old stories, it's like, oh no, they're they're quite. They can be quite nasty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, Tolkien. Yeah, it's interesting. Like they'll they'll. You know, kidnap you and, and your children, and <laughs> or is that fairy? So, who switches you? Who switches your children out with a changeling? Instead of, of do fairies do that or elves or both? Well, it's the same species. I'm well. There are a number of species. It's the same um, state of being. Okay. Same sorts of beings. So yeah. Oh, um, I see. Okay, if yeah. you have okay, okay. So they're all these if liminal creatures. If a person in the Middle Ages had a stroke. It would be attributed to elf shot because they would find Neolithic remains of arrowheads and things like that. And they were small. So clearly small people did this. Yeah. And they also had cultural memory of having battles with more primitive inhabitants of the areas that they were making incursions into. Yeah, they kind of, so yeah, some okay. of it is cultural memory. Some of it is, hey, we found these itty bitty arrowheads, so they must have belonged to itty bitty people, mm-hmm. and therefore people have strokes. Wow! <laughs> because of elf elf shot. So what about dwarves? You mentioned that elves pre Tolkien were more depicted like Tolkien's dwarves. What are dwarves and elves? Are they synonymous? Can are, are they? Because I know in I think it was in Tolkien's translation of Sigurd of Gudrun. Maybe not. Um, there was a dwarf who changed into the dragon that Sigurd killed, right? Fafnir. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I know my dragons. Yeah, yeah. You changed into <laughs> Fafnir. So that's not, you know, that's not what we're used to with dwarves either. So I'm wondering, you know, if these, with some of these creatures, they're more, it's kind of, it's, they're liminal, right? So they're hard to pin down what they are. <laughs> and it's not only that, but so are the inhabitants of the areas that we're speaking of. So you have a blending of German myth mm-hmm. or legend, French myth or legend, the ancient stock of the island blending. You've got Norse blending. It's like a hot pot. <laughs> Of all of these different cultures. All kind of mixing that, and sharing stories one... and legends and stuff. Yeah. So the dwarves 
if you look at uh, the Disney version of Snow White, that would be a dwarf, and that would also be an elf. So there were these were beings that really had nothing to do with humanity. They had their own business, their own interests, and they didn't blend with us. It was always accidental. But always, um, and this goes as far as dragons too, always is involved treasure. So even if you look at, um, this is going way back, but Darby O'Gill and the Little People, did you see that? No, no. All right, so Darby O'Gill, it's... it's, um, an Irish sort of fantasy where Darby O'Gill ends up hanging out, obviously with the little people. And it brings you into all kinds of, I guess, tropes about interactions with fairies. Like they do live underground. They are interested in gold. They mine it, they craft it. But if we try to take, and this is very interesting. If we try to take, it comes up again and again and again in stories. If we try to take fairy gold, when we come back into our world, it's like leaves or dirt or even hmm. excrement. Is it the enchantment of fairy? It doesn't. Um, it's not going to transfer over here. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, yeah, yeah cause you find all these riches, right, and you try to bring them back, and they, you yeah, know, it's it's nothing. They spoil. They spoil. They spoil. Yeah, they spoil. Oh, that's and that's okay. reflected. It actually is reflected in the gospel message. Okay, do it. What what is it? I, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> the riches of this world are basically the same as those leaves and that excrement and the passing things. Okay, so if we look at if we look at those, and I hate to bring up excrement again and again and again, <laughs> but obviously it's a thing that passes. Okay, and leaves. Okay, leaves. They fall from the trees and they rot. So these are all transitory things. They're, dis- they're discarded. Right. So if we try to take from the other world, and I hate using that because they use that, if we try to take from fairy riches and bring them here, it sort of brings the... Um, the transcendent into time. See, we live in time. Mm-hmm. So if we're trying to bring something from above, like from heaven, even though obviously fairy, not heaven, but if we're trying to bring something from heaven and pin it down and say, this is mine, it turns into rot and sickness and yeah. decay and death. Did that make sense? I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I'm saying that you can't bring there to here because we can't have there. It'd be like, yeah, you're taking the spoils of heaven and trying to bring it here. It's not. It's not for here, you know. Right. It's not. Exactly. It's not meant for here. It's like if you tried to steal the Ark of the Covenant, you know, and 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 use it or touch it when you're not worthy, it's it'll kill you. We have exactly one place where it is safe and okay and expected for us to interact with the other. And that's in the sacrifice of the mass. Right. That is, I mean, it it has been made safe. And like you said, with the Ark of the Covenant uh, touching it, 
that brought death. Yeah, which is another one of those, the excrement, you know, and the um, leaves and dirt, those are kind of symbols of death. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. And so when you you steal that, what you steal the riches that you're not meant for, um, it'll it'll uh, result in death, basically, or whatever you have right. will be. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that makes sense. And with the it, it, similar thing with the Holy of Holies, you know, the, the ancient, um, which we now have as the, um, as the mass. Yeah, right. Um, as the tabernacle. You, you can't, you know, only the high priest could, could interact and live <laughs> and only once a year. Yeah. Um, and now it's been made safe, like you said. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't go up and touch the tabernacle in my church. I no. mean, <laughs> even though I know. But we can be uh, there and we yeah. can receive the Eucharist. <laughs> and as long as we're in the right disposition and a state of grace, we're not going to, you know, it's not going to uh, condemn us. It'll do the opposite. I still, yeah, I still, I still wouldn't even dare to touch the tabernacle no. in my church. No. And that's just, not what I'm saying either. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did not know about that. I think I think I remember reading stories about trying to steal gold from fairy and it just ends up being, yeah. you know, twigs or leaves, um, which I, yeah, I never knew what to make of that. And now that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We talked about maybe be the last, maybe one of the last things we talk about and then we'll kind of get into maybe one or one more thing after this. So we talked, we talked about um, Tolkien kind of changing elves and changing the depiction of elves. There have been other shifts in how fairies and angels even are portrayed from, you know, pre-Christian mm. times to modern. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, there's been a, there was a shift in the, in the, from the Renaissance to the Victorian period and then from Victorian to modern, you know, so there've been shifts in how these, how angels are portrayed in art, how fairies are portrayed. If you want to, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, what we were talking about, what I brought up was the idea of Tinkerbell and how since the Victorian period, there have been several shifts, but the Victorian era was a major shift where fairies became sanitized. So they're cute. They're like butterflies. They're like little sparkly lights. They're tiny. They're adorable. But if you read Peter Pan, Tinkerbell was a proper fairy. She was murderous. Yeah. She was jealous, hated, right? Yeah, she hated yeah. the human mortal Wendy because there's a lot of reasons why that was because. But Wendy represented a threat. But as far as uh, Tinkerbell herself goes, she is symptomatic of angels becoming cute. I mean, uh, fairies becoming cute. And also angels becoming cute little, like... Okay, the word cherub. Yeah. Fat little baby with wings. <laughs> no. Cherubs are terrifying. Yeah, I know. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> like six wings and four heads or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now, yeah, now we think with cherub, cherubs, we think those fat little babies, you know, that. Playing little, instruments. Like yeah. Cupid, you know, Cupid uh, with the bow and arrow and yeah. hearts and. Um, yeah, just. insane things you know very weird actually cupid cupid was also terrifying (laughs) yeah i mean how could he not be you would never want like you never want to encounter any of these creatures really ever and but that in the victorian period you had this shift in depiction 
to a more cutesy sort of tamed and sanitized version. Why why is that? Because that was one fairy tales went from folk tales, the tales of the people, mm-hmm. as we mentioned before. That's when those stories were sent to the nursery. They were sanitized for children. So you've got a few little warnings, but it's mostly these these are cute beings. And I think that's kind of what leads to what we see today with books like How to Find Fairies. Yep, that's a huge connection. Because if they're cute when and they, sanitized, yeah, they're they not dangerous. Yeah, when they're cute and sanitized, they stop being the other, right. which is what, in fact, they are. We can't pin down what they are. They're but the, the they archetypal are the other. other. If there's a, if that's a, a way to say it, I guess the arch, like they're the perpetual other, you know, um, where they're yeah, dangerous. The non-human. The, yeah. I mean, set aside all of the stuff going on today. This is a set of a state of being that is not a human state of being. So uh, at one point, I had a huge argument where I was accused of monstering the other, which is to say that I was turning other human beings into monsters. And that's not what's happening right now. That's not what we're talking about right now. Mm. We're saying the monsters are the monsters. We are, we are us. They are the other. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter what you feel. We are us. We are humans, and they are not. They are something other, and frequently in stories, they are hostile to us. So we must be careful. And that's the story of fairy all across the board, across all cultures, across all times. This is unsafe. Avoid. Yeah, now we have stories where... You know, going from the cutesy to they're your friend. You don't they even, can't you shouldn't be even have... friendly, like in the case of brownies. Mm-hmm. They can't be friendly, but that doesn't mean they're your friends. Well, and I think when we, we mentioned this on our conversation last time, um, Aslan is not a tame lion. He's good. Exactly. But he's exactly. not tame, you know, and don't think he's, he's not safe, you know, he's, he's good. <laughs> and that's the important right. thing. Um, and so these creatures, well, they're not, they might not be evil. They're certainly dangerous. You know, they're perilous. And they're not really concerned with us. Yeah. Yeah. So these books were like, oh, go, how to talk to fairies. It's like, we, we, I've had priests say, you know, you shouldn't even name your guardian angel, you know, right. you should have a relationship with them. You know, you should ask them to help you and stuff like that. But exactly, you yeah. are not in like naming is like claiming dominion over something, you know, and you yes. do not have that relationship with that your guardian angel. <laughs> yes. And so even, Yet. yeah. Yes. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot we don't know about the world to come. While we're here on earth, it's like, that is not the relationship that's been set up between you and your guardian exactly. angel. It's not your place to give them a name. You should right. talk to them and pray, you know, help you have them pray for you and, and help you through things. And develop that relationship, but it's even then there are rules. And so, how much more are, are rules will there be with creatures who have nothing to do with you? <laughs> right. And if we okay, if we need to bring this back to the Bible. If mm-hmm. we look at Genesis, we're able, man species, 
is able to name animals. As first created, man, the sex, was able to name woman. Mm -hmm. So there is a hierarchy. So I can name animals, but obviously I can't name angels. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, naming is, I don't know enough about it, but yeah, it has to do with dominion and it does, place, yes. place and, in the hierarchy. And that is also not something that we can say very loudly, <laughs> you know, right? In from, from most. I even went a little too far with saying that as a woman, I can only name animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a different conversation that I am not prepared to have in any way. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of friendly debate that could be had in that, with that conversation. Um, so, but it, it illustrates a point, right? So it, with these, with these other yeah, entities, we don't have, we should not have a relationship with them. You know, if God wants there to be one, you know, that's his deal. But with, with brownies and picks, pi, what, what, what did you call them? Pick, piskies. Piskies. Yes. With these entities, if if they exist, <laughs> um, they do. They do. They do. well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just do. <laughs> I um, if if you know, where any creature that is supernatural, we should not have anything to do with unless it has been ordained divinely somehow. Um, and so, when the Victorians made them cutesy, that was. First of all, it made, it made them very boring in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Because when you have like these ancient, what's more interesting, an ancient cosmic creature that is ineffable and, and kind of unknowable in a way, or the cute little flower butterfly creature, <laughs> it, it, yeah. made, it made them boring in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Now, Tinkerbell's an exception because she, they, yeah, that story does retain a lot of the old. It does, a, yes. A lot of the old stories. Well, and, there's not only one Peter Pan story. There are a couple. What's really interesting about Peter Pan is that the set of stories brings um, the language of birds into the narrative. So, yeah, Peter Pan basically grows up among birds. And the language of birds is a callback to the language before the Tower of Babel. In the uh, legend of Sigurd as well, when he drinks the blood, or he he drinks the blood of Fafnir, he can understand the birds. Yes, yeah, the language of birds, mm-hmm. which is the original language. I mean, obviously, yeah, you can talk to animals, but if we look at all these stories, the animals can already talk. It's just that we can't hear them anymore. And Peter Pan never had that problem. He was uh, basically, I don't know if it mentions if he was baptized or not. But it's frequent in story that an unbaptized child does have these sort of interactions with fairy. I think you brought that up at one point. Yeah, on our in, a, in our earlier phone conversation. So, well, maybe yeah. maybe in this one too. So, an unbaptized child, legends, you know, say is more susceptible to being switched with a changeling, with a, a creature yes. that's not the child. Uh, and what would the fair would it be the fairies who do that too? Yeah, or demons. Or demons, okay. And then, depending on if they're fairies, if what the fairies are, uh, what would they do? So if they if the fairies are demons, or the fairies are angels, or if they're these third thing that doesn't fit in the categories, what would they do with that child then? If it, would they switched it out, I'm assuming demons would do something bad. 
we don't They're, need to go into that. But um, if they were not going to eat eat them or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would be raised in the fairy court. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, the entity that they leave behind is... Um, it, like not in the, good. Yeah, not good at yeah, all. Yeah, like in the Martian Chronicles. <laughs> now, the Martian Chronicles, they... It was more sympathetic, but so yeah. In the yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'm I'm gonna have to do a Hellboy. I just thought about a Hellboy a scene in the Hellboy comics that he deals with a changeling. He takes a pair of iron tongs and he picks the creature up by its legs and it starts screaming. And the you know the um it that's how he determines that it's not the child. <laughs> then he goes yeah. he goes on a quest to go find and return the um the child to to the family. That's in the comics, not in the movies. And that sort of thing did happen in reality, yeah. where a changeling, a changeling, someone suspected of being a changeling, would be placed on an implement of iron like a shovel and placed mm-hmm. over fire until it cried out that it was from wherever it was. What if they were and, wrong? <laughs> yeah, what if they were actually human and just disabled and, yeah. you know, or mentally ill? Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's not good. That's kind of why probably easier to just throw holy water. Huh? <laughs> yeah, but it also illustrates how dangerous people thought that these beings could be. Like, what could drive parents to do that? To do that test? Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Man. So that's... it would have to be something. Man. Okay. I mean, just, Having a sickly child—that's quite another thing than. I mean, humanity has always had sickly children. Right. <laughs> we didn't need to put them to some sort of test, like you know, driving iron into their feet, or you know, placing them on a shovel over or hot fire. coals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. So in your so going off of that, um, and then we'll, we might wrap it up with um, just some last minute things. Does. Did the church ever step in through history to, like, correct some of these beliefs? Like, did things, you know, going off of, like, you know, putting babies on, on shovels, did, they, did that ever get out of I hand where the church would I'm step in and say, any... you can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, this is this is horrible. Stop <laughs> doing it. This is superstitious. You can't, like, don't do that anymore. Because yeah. um, I, I don't think the church has – I know we mentioned – I brought this up earlier. I don't think the church has an offic- any official position on whether or not these creatures exist. I would – Exactly. Surprised. They don't. Yeah, yeah. there's no official – because it's not, it's not related to our salvation, so there would be no um, – Right. There would be no official because you can believe or not believe in fairies, and that won't affect your salvation unless you start, you know, trying to find them. <laughs> then that might yeah. cause some problems. Then you down get the line. in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> for, <laughs> for yeah, you get in trouble for dealing with probably unclean spirits. Uh, wait, just so we're clear, it's not in, for, in trouble from the church. It's no. in trouble because you're opening a door. Exactly. Yeah, in trouble for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the church isn't going to come down on you, and it probably won't even know. But um, yeah. So no, they wouldn't know until oh, there's a huge problem, and we need a particular sort of priest to come and fix it. Yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's that's another point to bring up is that these, this is not since it's, it does not affect any anybody's salvation. It's the church does not really weigh in on these things, and there's no official position either way. Which kind of makes it fun, you know. That's why we can talk about these things, and it's not, it's yeah. not gonna, 
you know, there's no fairy heresy or anything that we need to worry about or, um, you know, stepping on the toes of the Inquisition and <laughs> something like that. Um, so there's no, nothing like um, that's going to happen. So that's why it's kind of fun to talk about this stuff. Um, we call them, we call them the, uh, what are they, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith? Is that what the Inquisition is now? Um, yeah. Yep. That's, yeah. That's what. Um, so they're not mean. No, <laughs> they just they just <laughs> determine think... what is taught and um, you know who they. I mean, I don't know. To most people, everything that the church sounds mean and cruel, but um, yeah, for some people, it's always going to be that. Yeah, I mean, but the, it's it's just basically like are <laughs> people teaching sound doctrine? And that's what the CDF is is for, I believe. Uh, just making sure that people are teaching orthodox things, not yeah, you know, not going to lead people astray. So yeah, that that kind of I wanted to bring that up a little bit, and um, yeah, we're never going to get the imprimatur. <laughs> I wouldn't want one. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I, I don't want a bishop to listen to it's this. It's all speculation, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We no could thanks. be wrong. If the church says we're wrong, we submit. Yep. <laughs> if the church ever comes out with fairies are not real, <laughs> or fairies are real, you know what? Like... <laughs> they stop being real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the last thing I want to do, um, if that's cool, unless you want to keep going, um, we could talk about your favorite depiction of fairies um, in books, movies, um, it, you know, any, mm. anything like that. Um, yes. Yeah. So yes. Go for it. Uh, not a book, a movie. Um, legend. Is that the movie? I've never seen that, but is that the movie with the big devil guy with the huge horns? Yeah, but okay. he's not the devil. He's okay. darkness. Okay. So, and, um, yeah, I've never seen it, so uh, you might have to Yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing, I'm working hard on a review of it, mm-hmm. because there's so much to review. It's a Ridley Scott movie, so obviously, and it's one of his more artistic works, okay. so obviously, again, we're just compounding <laughs> him on him. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to watch it. I didn't know it was Ridley Scott. That's cool. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's, 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 um. I've got a couple of threads in my pin tweet mm-hmm. that's at Katarina Maria. <laughs> that's important. A little plug yeah. for myself. Yep. Not that I make anything from this. It's just, you know, a just, point of interest. Yeah, yeah. Where um, the fairies depicted there are actually as close as you're going to get to their behavior in fairy stories. How so? Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's so much going on because you, you have uh, you have Blix the Goblin, who's obviously evil. You have Brown Tom, who is your typical brownie. You have Gump, who is uh, a leader of trooping fairies, which would be a sort of uh, a court in the sense of uh, he's somewhat of a king. So you have Gump, the Gump, not Gump, just the Gump. Um, and they interact with this young man who is a forest child. So he's been raised among them. So interestingly, if we look at that film, we can see what might, might have happened with children that were raised by fairies. You would end up with somebody like uh, Jack who is the main character. 
Yeah, I've never and seen it, have, so <laughs> I don't have much to add. I'm going to go more into it. No, go for it. Then you have Luna, who is actually that um, – okay, so the original depictions in plays of Tinkerbell was a flashing light and a bicycle bell. Yeah. So a little ringing bell and a light. And that is what she is, except when she's not. And when she's not, she's terrifying. So we have all of the elements of fairy in this movie. There's a whole lot of other stuff. I try to go into it. But if you're looking for how people understood fairy, that would be probably the closest in film that we've gotten. Yeah. How about films that get it wrong? Um, and do you know any off the top of your head? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot, but it, like popular that movie, uh, that movie about leprechauns, um, the horror movie. No, no, <laughs> oh, <my laughs> that's probably closer, honestly. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which so what? What's Except the other movie? The hood. I don't know about that one. I think that was kind of exploitationy, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> leprechauns have rights too. No. Oh, no. I think it was The Legend of the Leprechauns. Okay. Yeah, that was really horrible. Oh, goodness gracious. What else? Obviously, anything Disney has to do with fairies. Yeah, um, I heard an, something interesting about <laughs> Disney. Um, yeah. That Walt Disney took a lot of his fairy tales from the French versions. Um, which. Yeah. Uh, the guy, uh, what was, I can't remember his name, but he was like a 16th century French aristocrat who, he changed a lot of the German stories to turn uh, into morality tales um, for the... Well, so the Brothers Grimm did that too, eventually. Okay, yeah. So like, for instance, um, Little Red Riding Hood in the French version, uh, Little Red gets eaten and dies and doesn't get rescued. Yes, um, right. And yeah, obviously in the Grimm's version and the German version, the the huntsman or whoever comes and, and saves her and grandma from the wolf. Right. Um, so, but in the French version, he he changed it because he wanted to illustrate, you know, what happens if you get in bed with a wolf, you know, because he's trying to these um, young ladies of the at the French courts, you know, who he wanted yes. to he was trying to keep them on the straight and narrow. So he changed the stories and made them into morality tales, and then Walt Disney took those much of those tales and turned them into movies um which is why they see they're so different uh, and obviously not all of them but um a lot of the earlier ones so that's yeah, cinderella cinderella is actually a horrifying story yeah <laughs> yeah there's no fairy god interestingly enough there's no fairy godmother in the original grim right yeah um and there's no um you need to be back by midnight uh, because as one person, um, as one person said, what do you need uh, if you're a, if you're a young lady at the French court? What do you need most? You need uh, a guardian and a curfew. <laughs> so in the yeah. French version, that's what she has. She has the French, the fairy godmother, who's her guardian, and the be back by midnight, which is the curfew. <laughs> so, Hi. yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. Anything, anything. Oh man, Disney. I don't like Disney. I used to like Disney. I don't like them anymore after I've started reading the. The traditional German fairy tales. I'm like, ah, oh, these are so much more. Inter- these are so much more interesting, you know. <laughs> and yeah. there's so much more rich, real, 
Yeah, they're ri- they're like real and they're rich. They have so many layers to them, and the the Disney version is just not as I don't know. It's just not as much meat there. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. And, the Disney okay, it has to be pointed out because you're going to get critics that say that those movies are made for children, but we were children mm-hmm. growing up watching these movies. Okay, and they weren't any good. <laughs> Right, I like man. I I watched them and I liked them, yeah. but I I got I got more out of watching you know, Batman. You know, I that's what I remember watching more as a kid. Is uh, uh, those are those movies are more or the movies, the cartoons, the like the superhero cartoons I used to watch are more are richer, I think, in many ways than a lot of the Disney movies, which is why I remember them still. <laughs> And they were a lot more developed. Uh, mm-hmm. The the cartoons and um, the movies that you grew up with, as opposed to the ones that I did, mm-hmm. um, they were very simple morality tales. Yeah. When I was growing up, um, basically, uh, don't do drugs. You know, don't mess around with fire in your house. Things like that. That. Those were cartoons when I was a kid, but you also had, which is interesting. Um, I can remember Mr. Mixelplick, who was uh, as close to fairy as I think he was. A, D- a, yeah, DC ever came. He's a Superman villain. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, in case anybody doesn't know, Mr. Mixelplick is um, a <sighs> Superman villain. Where he would bother and annoy Superman to the point, uh, and the only re- the only way he could go away is if he could get, if Superman could get him, Mister Mixaplex, to say his name backwards. Exactly. Yep, it's kind of like Which a Rumpelstiltskin kind of deal. It's exactly a yep. fairy fairy trick. Yep. Yes. And so Superman would have to do all these things to try to get him to to trick him into saying his name backwards, or to try to spell it out in some way. You know, really pretty. Yeah entertaining um i have a new love for mr mixoplex as a as a villain yeah <laughs> he really was awesome and yeah terrifying. he's pretty, really entertaining um and in the it was off topic but it, I mean, it's related to fairies uh, mm. in the the superman animated series from like the 90s um the voice actor for mr mixoplex is the same uh, i forget his name he's very famous <clears throat> he was oh iago he was iago as a parrot in aladdin he's the that voice actor. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be snooty here. I haven't seen Aladdin, and the only Iago I know is from Othello. Yeah, well, I mean that's where they got the name. <laughs> I mean Iago from Othello is much more interesting. Um, and terrible, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Mr. Mixoplex is a yeah. It's a modern. It's a modern version of fairy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Batman has one too, but it, it, he's Bat Might. You know, it's kind of it's a no knockoff of Mister Mixoplex. Yes. Um, <laughs> Batman has to have one too, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's I think that's pretty good. Um, do you have any before we go? Do you have any like closing thoughts or any any resources? So you say you do research on some of this stuff. Do you have any like resources to um, share with people? Obviously, nothing that will get them <laughs> imperil their their souls. All right, so. Probably the most fun is the Secret Commonwealth of Elves, Fawns, and Fairies by Robert Kirk. 
it's a very old book. And the other one would be Magical Folk, which is British. Having a hard time getting that coming up. British and Irish. British and Irish fairies. Great. All right. Um, <clears throat> sounds good. And then any other closing thoughts? Um, any other remarks? Anything we didn't talk about that you'd want to bring up? Um, I, I think we went through most of the list, honestly. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And it's only been, what, an hour and a half? Yeah, yeah. That's not too shabby. That's a good-sized podcast, and yeah, you're going to want to look down. So I think that's good. Okay. Um, Great. I do need to send you. I do need to send you that map to Narnia so you can yep. I'm tag gonna, that in the notes. Yeah, I'm gonna put that in. Um, I'm gonna make a list of all the the books we mentioned too. Um, so like Martian Chronicles and Chronicles of Narnia and all that stuff. Um, and I think another resource for people is just Tolkien's on fairy stories as well. Um, and the earliest edition that anybody can get of Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah, um, the one the Before one with all the violence. <laughs> you want the one yeah. with the violence in it. And I think I have that because I, I got the Barnes & Noble uh, one, at, like a, a used bookstore, and I've been reading it, and it, you know, they're pretty violent. Um, they don't pull mm. punches, so I think they... Oh my goodness, yes, final thought, hold on. Yeah. I need to look for this book. Keep talking. Yeah, um, and I, even, even though they're not traditionally geared towards children i do i think it is important to read a lot of them to uh your kids i've been reading a lot of the Grimm's fairy tales to my four-year-old son and he uh, really enjoys them and the violence is off-putting for adults but i think for kids i mean it's it's really almost cartoonish violence it's nothing like grotesque really it's nothing like the saw movies or something it's their kids are um Everything to them is, is, you know, crazy and scary. There's nothing normal for a young child because they're, they're trying to figure out what normal is. And so when you read stories, when you read these fairy tales to them, they're not going to be traumatized. Now, there are exceptions. Some kids are, are, are more sensitive. But most of the time, they're, they're going to handle it just fine if, as long as you, you don't, um, you know, make a big deal about it. And... It, I've made it a habit not to try to explain what the fairy tales mean to them. Um, first of uh -huh. all, because I don't really know. Um, <laughs> so, but second of all, I want to leave that a mystery for them because I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of Christian themes in Grimm's fairy tales and in fairy tales in general. There's a lot, I think it's jam packed in there because these are like baked in a, these are like developed in a Christian culture. And so these are heavily Christian themes, but I don't want to point all those out to my children. I want them to realize that on their own. And I think it'll be more powerful for them if, if they do that. So, yeah. Closing thoughts. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great, that's a great way to uh, look, at, look at it. But at the same time, you could always link that into, hey... Here's a story. What does that story remind you of? Yeah, you ask, asking leading questions is good. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's how. That's how I'm trying to approach it. You know, what do you like? What do you think? You know, what do you? What does this remind you of? 
you know, not, and it's not me just kind of turning it into a, a school lesson. It's them, uh-huh. me asking questions and them kind, I mean, my four-year-old isn't really there yet. Um, he can't really do that yet, but he's kind of getting there. So yeah, that's a good point though. So that's it for me. Um, do you have any, uh, final thoughts, Katerina? Uh, at this point, no, but we are going to have to continue this conversation because I made a wonderful discovery from my childhood. All right. Well, what is that? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Ah. It's going to have to wait until next time. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, we have other things to discuss, too. I do want to discuss um, other other kinds of creatures. Um, yes. And if you ever wanted to come <laughs> on and talk about any, any books or anything, any fiction um, or any movies, that'd be... Uh, that'd be great too. So, yeah, you'll. We're definitely gonna have Katerini on again. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Might Believe in Fairies. Please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow me on Twitter at Aaron Erber and like me on Facebook. If you are excited to see where the podcast is going and want to offer some support for the project, you can find me on Patreon. Music is by Alexander Nakarada. And podcast art was designed by my wonderful sister-in-law, Linnea Kisby. Until next time, talk to you soon.